Welcome, welcome, welcome again to another episode of Sneaks, Rhymes, and Life. I am your host, Lionel McDonald. So special guest this week, uh, my good friend Andy Stearns from the U.S. He's living in Florida, used to live in D.C. We both like the Commanders. We also could consider that maybe they should get Lamar Jackson. Maybe they should not. I think I've had multiple dreams with Lamar wearing a black jersey with burgundy and gold but um I, I think the jury is out right now whether that actually happens so Andy what do you think what do you think about Lamar potentially you know join the commanders I think the, the word is if the if he were the quarterback for the commanders they could be a Super Bowl contending team they're the best team in in the NFC uh East uh I 100% believe that if Lamar Jackson's the quarterback and you know, we already saw the East take three teams to the playoffs. And if it wasn't for our, our own selves getting in the way, um, we probably would have had four teams. But what, what do you think about Lamar Jackson being the quarterback of the command? Yeah, kind of like you, it's a dream, right? You just, there's so many things that could happen that have to yeah. fall in place. And, you know, we signed Payne today. So, you know, that's a big chunk of salary right there. And yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how the numbers would work out. But yeah, yeah if he somehow ended up, in there then yeah we we were at least right there with the eagles um, obviously you're going to lose some pieces and um yeah yeah because they're already talking about darius slay being you know released or let go or or something that that effect and you know hey you know we were talking about darius slay being a pro bowl player to start the year and um probably halfway point he was you know a pro bowl player and then probably didn't play as well in the second half. And that's where they're, they're slated to draft a corner, the best corner available is who they're going to take in the draft. So it's going to yeah. be interesting how it plays out because Lamar wants to wants his money and no one really wants to give him his money. Cause again, there's a ton of teams that need a QB and they don't want to pay him. Um, and then obviously the Ravens don't want to give him. That's why they gave him that one year, you know, franchise tag. And at the same time, they've given him an opportunity to go find uh, a suitor that will take him to give him his, and I think it's his six years. And and I think the challenge is, is Lamar is, you know, negotiating his own contract so he can get full bank versus having to pay an agent five or 10%. So I, I think that's messing up the negotiations of this actually happening. And I think Lamar being personally invested in him, like his terms are, not what teams want to sign up for. Because again, he was real banged up last year. And I think that's where some people are a little bit scared that they're going to yeah. draft, they're going to take a franchise QB and he's and not going to Yeah, as the, as the guaranteed money continues to go up and up for, for all positions, really. Um, yep. Especially for quarterback. I think those running quarterbacks are, it's, I think teams will be a little less likely to throw hundred million guarantee or mm-hmm. the Watson contract that, that was out there. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. And then there's a lot of skeptics that say he's not accurate and he's not the great passer, you know, pocket passer, which I don't know if he's really proven skeptics wrong there. I mean, obviously he's done enough to yep. win, you know, and have an MVP season. And so, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, he would add value to 95% of the teams yep. out at the quarterback position. So if he somehow landed in Washington, I would be the first one to buy his jersey. So hundred percent, we'd be Team Lamar, and I think our whole chat group would have a Lamar Jackson jersey. I think it would just it would have to be like this would be the guy that can take us to the promised land. Yep. And I think both of us wish that we would win a title in our lifetime. And I obviously I think we're old enough that we've seen two, if not three. Um, I definitely would like to see one. You know, since obviously our you know our last couple playoffs appearances have been a little lackluster with no wins and we haven't really won a game in 20 plus years. So to see a deep run and see them, you know, actually do well and actually, you know, perform and can be a 12 and five or, you know, uh, an 11 in, and uh, whatever it is, 16, that, that would be awesome to see. Um, but well, they got to figure it out. They got to figure yeah. it out. Cause again, like I, I don't think the current QB situation, obviously, no Wentz, no Heineke. I don't think he can leave it to the kid to to take us to the promised land. So they're not going to draft one. That's what they're talking about. They're not drafting one. 
you know, is, is it going to be Garoppolo that's going to be dramatically better than what we've had? I, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, Howell's the guy, and it's just a matter of, in you know, who knows what happens there. But yeah. um, I'm just happy there's some stability now. You know, we're re-signing players instead of players requesting trades. And yeah, exactly. Signing and pain signing and, you know, scary Terry signing. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, to see those type of deals happen, those haven't happened. That, that hasn't happened for us as fans. We've just seen people perform and move on. Totally. You know, and so, yep. So it should be exciting. Should be exciting off season. That's keeps off here. And, yeah. You know, and signing and then actually performing better than when they played for us or them signing here. And <laughs> you know what? They actually were at the end of their career and everyone else saw it except for us. And we threw a boatload of money and blew our cap. And yeah. You know, we saw it with Bruce Smith. We saw it with my my favorite player, Deion Sanders. He, he was at the end of his career. He should not have had such a big deal, but we paid him. I'm okay with it. It's my guy. We paid him, but that wasn't for the betterment of which uh, that, that may be a good segue because yeah. there was definitely no diamond turf on the list at all. So and that was shocking. So so for those listening, you know, appreciate everyone listening again. And uh, you know, um, you know, this probably is gonna air late March, early April. As we're doing a, a women's focus for the month of of March for women's history month. But I think, you know, um, where we're going to focus our energies today is there is a very interesting uh, article that came out from Complex on, as Andy was alluding to, the top 50 Nike shoes. And again, before we get we go too far into it, Sneaks Rhymes of Life can be found on wherever you stream, whether it's uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, and then obviously you can find the, the video of this on, on YouTube. But complex, and I think we found it on Complex Canada, I, at least I think that's where I first saw it, is Nike's top 50 shoes. And it's like, oh, that's a daunting list. How are they going to come up with the 50? Like, where are they going to start? Where are they going to finish? And then I, I think the first thing, you know, and Andy or kind of I talking about on the side before we started recording is, are they actually going to include Jordan? And I think, you know, if you think of a true Nike list, you can't include Jordan. This list has Jordan. So Andy and I are going to break down the list, kind of go through it, kind of have some conversation. But before we go too far, Andy, maybe you can kind of give us a, a little snippet about, you know, your sneaker world. How did you get started with sneakers? Like what was the what was the early gateway sneaker for you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I grew up in, you know, the D.C. area, southeast D.C., PG County. So big sneaker culture. Um, in the early 80s, um, right around when Georgetown and Ewing were, you know, they were in their dream seasons. And so the this Termin- is a Syracuse hat, by the way. So uh, yeah, careful so, what hey, you say. So these, uh, <laughs> you know, so that that uh, iconic Terminator High Georgetown colorway, you know, um, I was there right when the 990s came out. You know, people, those were getting pretty big. Reebok Classics, um, you know, it, all the all the things that went into a normal sneaker culture for me. So, um, growing up in the DC area, you know, shoes were everything. That's what it was. You know, you went to school and whatever shoes you had, um, that was a big deal. And, you know, and, and you kind of, whether you fit in, you know, or part of conversations, unfortunately, probably a little bit too much bowling going on, um, if you didn't have the right kicks. So that was my introduction to, um, I moved to the DC area in like first grade, um, and was immediately, into this like sneaker like you know and I never I had no clue right I'm in first grade and you know just naive to everything and people asking me about shoes and I don't I have no idea right so um that was my my first love for it and I remember I remember some of those shoes like the Terminator High obviously Air Force Ones and 990s um were very prevalent and you know so it just would go to the foot lockers the athletes foots you know all the the regular stores and just stare at shoes and just wish I could get them and of course my parents would never pay more than $30 for a pair of shoes so oh yeah those days yeah so that's where the love came it was more of a love and dream and this for me just something that um you know instantly I guess made made me happy you know because mm-hmm. um, you know, I remember my first pair. I had I had a lot of like kangaroos and I had some Diodoras and British Knights. So I, I had some stuff that were okay, you know, as yeah. far as the British Knights and and things. But I remember my first pair of Nikes and yeah, I think they were the Nike Metros. There were so okay. many 
issues that all look the same, like the internationalists and that stuff. So, um, yeah. And I just remember how excited I was. Number one, that my mom actually paid for a pair of Nikes. Like yep. it just didn't know we would go every time. She'd be like, no, you'd have to get this one or this one. Um, and then that just kind of from there, I saw like what a shoe could do for somebody. Cause that was like the first like cool shoe yeah. that I thought that I had. Um, yeah. And, yep. And so from there, just, you know, it took off and never, never went away. Right. So yep. just, you know, kind of like your podcast, right. It was kind of music, sneakers, sports, all of that. And just mm-hmm. been involved in that culture, you know, ever since my whole life, basically. Yep. Yeah. So it, it, you touched on so many things like the, the shoe that your parents would buy and it was $30. And I, I remember my dad thought he was doing me a huge favor he went to the U.S. to visit my grandma. Comes back and say, "Hey, I got these new a new pair of shoes for him." I was like, "Oh my god, what did he get me? Did he get me Nikes? Like, I he knows that I need a pair, a pair of Zips." And this is right around where um, Fresh Parents and uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff came with the song, and they mentioned it's like, you know, I wanted Nikes and I got Zips, and I'm like, "There's no chance. I'm never putting my foot in that. I don't care if that's the only shoe you ever bought." And that was kind of like the idea. I have to find a way to get my own shoes. Like, cause if this is the choices that are being made for me, I have to find a way. So the first pair was like a pair of Puma suede. And that was like, okay, I, I see people on TV. They're break dancers in New York. This is an acceptable shoe. Fast forward. I think it was, that was grade seven, grade eight. Some kid, this is like 19, eh, yeah, 1989. He goes to the U.S., and comes back after spring break. And what does he have? A pair of fire red, or eh, maybe it was white cement, but Jordan fours. And people are going, what the hell is that? He's the first kid in school, Steve Morgan, first kid in school to have a pair of Jordans. And we're in grade eight. And it's like, okay, the, the, the level has gone up like four levels. I just wanted a pair of Nikes. And I think the first one I ended up buying was like, Bunch of kids got the Bo Jacksons later that year, and I ended up with Nike TW trainers. So it's like this is like an afford. I think I had to pay, like I cut grass and shovel snow for six months, and I paid half. My mom paid half, and that was the shoe. And ever since then, it's like I have to find a way. My then I, I think I then I got Reebok pumps, and I wore that in like grade eleven basketball, and that was like the greatest thing ever because that was right after D Brown had yep. done D Brown things. And, uh, and then I was like, I don't care if I have one shoe here, but I'm going to get the cool shoe. That's, that's the way it's going to happen. And I still remember a kid when I was, you know, going into university, he lived on my street and says like, you know what, you're never going to own a pair of Jordans. And I don't know if I carry that with me subconsciously, but oh boy, was he wrong. Yeah. Wow. Was he ever wrong? Like that is the the worst blasphemous statement that could ever be made. Um, Cause yeah, I have hundreds and not to brag, but uh, I, Jordan's my favorite brand. That's, that's what it is. No, it's, I think there's those moments. And I, I think when you talk about sneaker culture and, you know, especially he's been around the game for so long, you just have those moments. We all remember Mm -hmm. them. They all bring back memories. Um, I remember my friend, it was the last day of school in, in uh, fifth grade. And I remember he had the the cement threes, you know, the white cement threes. And and I just remember, I was like, how'd you get those? Like, how how'd your parents yeah. like those for, you know? And then the following year, um, that same year, that's when like the Air Max ones came out and mm-hmm. people had those, you know, some of the, you know, the people, you know, drug dealers and stuff like that all had all the Air Max line that came out and, um, yeah, you just I just remember it's just like I remember like it was yesterday. And then and so, you know, fell in love with the all the Bo Jackson's cross training lines. Yep. Because my my mom would justify that somehow because they weren't Jordans. Like in her mind, Jordans were a hundred dollars and more, and you're never exactly. Gonna- but then I could, you know, some of those Nike basketball, they were in that 50, 60 dollar range of Bo Jackson's and so those TWs, Air Max TW, the yep. they're you know, so yeah, it's just, it's just interesting that, you know, all these years later, you, you still remember it, you know? Oh yeah. Like it's, like it's yesterday. I, I think I, again, going into my last year of high school and my brother um, was obsessed with Charles Barkley. 
I thought it was so funny. It's like, cause he like my brother is lighter than myself, lighter than my, my youngest brother, but he was obsessed with first the Sixers. And like when he, we followed basketball, it was the Sixers because Barkley was on it. Cause he wasn't, he was shorter and he was tough and he just didn't care about what anyone thought about him. And then he went to the Phoenix Suns. So my brother decides that his on his Christmas list, the number one and the only thing he put on his list, the Air Max 180 basketball suit, the black and like purplish blue. And I was kind of going, I'm like laughing. And it's like, there's no chance that mom and dad are spending like $170 Canadian on this shoe. It, there's no chance. Like you're just going to get everything that you didn't ask for. Like you had other things you could have asked for video games, you could have done so many different things. You're not getting this. Why does Christmas morning roll around? I go downstairs and I see a box and it's a pair. It looks like a pair of shoes. And it's like, there's no way. There's no way he got it. He opens that as his first gift. And I was like, why did I not ask for a pair of shoes? I asked have? for a whole bunch of random stuff. <laughs> and this guy has 180s. He has the best shoe in the house. Yep. So yeah. it, it, again, like you're saying, like, these are things that he will which... never forget. Which, by the way, wasn't on the list either. The it's totally, Max. like total, like I would have to like throw some shoes off because it's totally, yeah, should have been on the list. So let now, let's talk the, about this list. Five, they wore those, right? Weber wore those. Like was, at one point, he did even like the Harachis that they wore. That yep. is not on the list, um, and that's one of the arguably the most iconic shoes that's supposed to come back later this year. And I know people are like through the roof excited because it's the og colorway but i did have those in i don't know like grade 12 um but i had the all black version with 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 the michigan blue so yeah. let's let's really dive into the list so what are your initial thoughts when you see this list and then maybe you can let's start with what is a shoe that stands out that is just way too low on this top 50 so again qualifying it this list definitely has Jordan on it, which I, I think in many respects should not, but it does. So now, you know, again, we already mentioned Diamond Turf didn't make the list. Hirachi didn't make the list. Um, Air 180 basketball running didn't even make the list. So like, it, it was already like, to me, it's a shoddy list. But tell yeah. me the shoe that you see on the list that is just way too low for how important the shoe is. Um. I would say, I I think the Hirachi two K four for like right away. I mean, that was a basketball shoe that you know just kind of took off and it kind of ushered in that new Zoom. Um, you know, I I remember trying it on for the first time and, and it was like a lighter shoe. You know, because you either had like these you know heavy Max shoes. Um, there wasn't a lot of lightweight basketball in the Nike sector, right? Mm -hmm. Until those came out, and then. You know, obviously, um, it was, you know, Rip, Rip Hamilton was wearing, you know, it was just kind of, it just took off, right? Obviously, Kobe wore them down the line. And, yep. and um, so I thought, I thought that one, like, if you're going to pick a basketball shoe in that Hirachi lane, you know, number one, I stood, I thought it should have been the first Hirachi basketball shoe, right? Like from yep. the, from the Fab Five. But I, I thought that one stuck out in me. That one could be a little bit lower. I, you know, I would like to see, I thought the waffle racer that they put in, um, you know, I don't know if that's too high. I don't know what shoe you put in there, whether it's the Cortez or, you know, the waffle trainer, or, you know, some of those early on shoes, like there's not a lot of like early seventies, early eighties that are anywhere on the list. So, mm -hmm. so to think that something that, I mean, you can't have Nike without some of those like first shoes that came out, you know, and that really, now to the to the defenses, I was looking at some like a lot of those 80 shoes were just like the air structure. They all look the same, like the international, yeah. the metro. Um yeah. it was kind of like determine any of them, but mm -hmm. so I think the Pegasus, I think, is way too low. I think that I would agree. I think at 38, I mean, if you think the Pegasus, I think they're on the 39 now, and you know, they're still making them. It's still a great performance running shoe to the I mean, it's it's a lot of people's go-to daily trainer. Um, I know it hasn't ever really tapped into the sneaker culture, sneakerhead world, like, mm -hmm. you know, sneakerheads wearing Pegasus, but to think a shoe that, you know, a running shoe that had air in it, 
1983 and then 39 years later it's still one of the best i mean if you ask runners you know hey what's your what's your go-to daily trainer shoe those air pegasus you know pegasus right so yeah i think that one kind of got the shaft a little bit there um looking at it you know when you get down to like some of the ones that are and again that's where it's hard with that with that jordan you know, I think there's 10 Jordan shoes. So you're talking about 20% of the list. You have to dedicate the Jordan shoes. I think yeah. from it, but I, I think the Air Max plus to me, that's like a top 15 shoe, yeah. you know, when you, you remember it, where it fell, I thought it was somewhere, well, at least I think it was um, in the top 20. It was, it was 23. It was 23. Yeah. It was, it didn't make the top, but to me, when you throw out like a tech talents to an air presto, like, I mean, heck, the Air Presto wasn't even made for like 15 years. You know, and they bring yeah. it back, they take it out. That was my other problem with the list is that there were shoes on there that really don't have a lot of legs to them, you know. And, and it's like some of the shoes that have had, you know, like an Air Force One and things like that. To me, those are shoes that make a list. You know, yeah. I know the Yeezys are on there a couple of times. I mean, those they, are, they need some sauce, right? Like, uh, yeah, obviously, like this mean, is complex and there's, there's, yeah. you know, there's, they need a splash of something. So Yeezy yeah. one, um, where did I see that? I think it was like 17. And then yeah. I think you go a little higher up the list and Yeezy two, I definitely would say is better than Yeezy one. Yeah, I think Yeezy 2 ends up being in the top 10 somehow. Yeah, it's 9. It's somehow better than the, the Jordan 5, which I think is ludicrous. But Yeah, it's, um, and I get it. You got to add, like you said, you got to add some stuff in there and some yeah. relevant sneaker culture stuff. But even, I, you know, I think of, yeah, I, I just think there's some, some opportunities. I thought the Kobe 4 was way too high. I, I get it. I understand Kobe and, yeah. um, you know, but... It's, I just, I don't think that when you talk about a lot of the shoes that, you know, it's to me, that's just, that's pretty high up there. Cause to me, the Kobe six should be. You literally sold the words in the mouth. Like Kobe yeah. six should be higher than Kobe four. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that Kobe four shouldn't be on the list, but maybe they should be in reverse. I think Kobe six is in the forties and Kobe four is like high thirties, low twenties. So it, yeah. it, it, it is a definitely a fickle list. I think the one that really jumped off the page, you mentioned the Hirachi, which is one. I think when you kind of like, you you scroll to, and I got to the third, the, the first three shoes and two of them, I just like, I was up in arms. Like when you think of Nike basketball yeah. and you no, know, obviously it's having a renaissance based on what LeBron has done, but for the Zoom generation and they they show the color, the first game, color which they're going to retro again this year for it to be 49 on a on a nike list and that was the gateway to uh, lebron's entire catalog of shoes that were now at 20 i i think it's absolutely ridiculous i don't i wouldn't say that's better than the eight which you know everyone goes hey south beach no. south beach looks so good and I, I get that but for this shoe to be at 49, yeah, I think is wow. Come well, on and and it was the best. I mean, there was no LeBron until like the sevens or eights that yeah. even like, I mean, they were ugly. I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. they were they were pretty. I mean, you can you got your LeBron fans that are gonna love every LeBron, you know, yeah. kind of like uh I guess it's like that Jordan two, you have the Jordan two loyalty. Yeah, that's that's me. I'm through and yeah. through the Jordan two. And there, yeah, yeah, there's, I love there's the a Jordan small, two too, but yeah, there's a small pocket. It, it doesn't compare to yeah, one or three. Right, exactly. So I think that's how you get with that shoe. Like you had the you had that range of two, three, four, fives, you know, or pretty, you know, I don't know. But then you come through and and to me, like again, what you dedicate to the list, um, you know, I get the Jordan, the, the LeBron eight for sure. I mean, that has mm -hmm. to be, has to be on there. I mean, the South beach colorway changed, um, you know, with him going to Miami, yeah, that, that just kind of changed everything. I mean, that really shot off the whole SIG athlete craze for a good, you know, hundred percent, um, that literally took it off, you know, and took it to the next level. So that shoe definitely holds a spot, but I agree that that's way too high for that zoom generation i mean how many times have they given a lifetime contract to anybody right so no, and they did it from jump with lebron so it's it's wild so let, let's let's pivot here what is a shoe that's on the list that is just too high like 
you think of all the iconic shoes out there. What is the list? What is the shoe that is just yeah, I'm looking, way I'm too looking high? At the list. There's a couple, right? Like I think the the Zoom Fly on there was is ranked like 42nd. Um, mm-hmm. If you're gonna put a marathon or running shoe, then you know put the next percent on there. At least put the one that actually like broke the marathon, you know, record. Um, yeah. So that one, you know, either you either take it off, whatever. Um, and then the Flyknit Trainer, I don't even know how that's on there. Like that's number 37. So again, I mean, think about that, right? Like the Flyknit Trainer is ranked ahead of the KD4, LeBron Sevens, Air Max Penny One. I mean, that's like that was that's another one like, that is yeah, just really way too one. high. And and but, like, yeah. it hurt my feelings um, that it was so low. Yes. And so they even have that on a top 50 list. I don't, I don't know who they're trying to please there. I mean, yeah, I get when that shoe came out, it was flying it and it introduced like, and it was like, there was some hype around it, but mm-hmm. and it died pretty quickly. I mean, you don't see people, you know, up in arms talking about the flying it, you know, racer or trainers. Um, but I think that that one makes the list because of it, the technology. It was the gateway to, yeah. you know, so many shoes that are now flying it. And I, I think it's like kind of sticking a flag in the ground and saying, well, this shoe's important because it's flying it. And this was the first one. So this is a gateway to so many other basketball shoes and, and other performance shoes because of technology and the con- technology is continuing to be used. I think that's why that right. shoe is on the list. And again, it's too high, but in my opinion, yeah, I, can, I can certainly see that. Um, and I would argue with the, you know, cause I had talked about the, the 2K4 Hirachi probably, too high not low enough but you know the hyperdunk 2008 again that had the first fly wire i think for yep. a basketball shoe um so i don't know where that lies you know the the subjectivity it makes it fun right it makes it makes yeah. it able to argue back and forth but um to not have uh, if we're talking about revolutionary technology right and then sneaker culture like there's not one shock shoe on there right and, yeah, I, and how I, that's another one like how yeah. did the bb4 not yeah. end up and maybe it's not the bb4 maybe it's the r4 yeah maybe it's the r4 i could do how the r4 is that not right? on the list? r4 because that was a long run and again like it was a technology piece that yeah. Nike's done Nike's done a great job of bringing technology pieces that end up turning fashion um yeah. and then end up not being that great of technology at in yeah. the grand scheme of things so yeah. it's almost like they have these flop with technologies but then they somehow yeah. are able to market it and it becomes just this phenomenon right so totally they use Vince to yeah. you know celebrate the boing and you know kids were saying it in store it's like dad i need the boing shoes i need the boing shoes mom yeah. mom i need the boing shoes and I mean, it's it, like it took off i mean <laughs> i don't yeah it, it's it definitely took off so i i think once you get into like you know top 25 um i didn't see a lot of i mean you could argue where they belong in the place of it um but i don't really i didn't have a problem with too many of them other than the mm-hmm. easy because again, those were again, those were like so limited. You know what yep. I mean? It's not like how you have the Air Mag in there. Like nobody had that shoe. You know, so yeah. it's like it's like a trophy shoe. Like yeah, no one owns it. Yeah. yeah. So how can that be the best when no one even yeah. was able to purchase it? So totally. Fat, Fat that, Joe and uh, and uh, <laughs> and and obviously the Sneaker King. Um, they have those, but th- there's not many people that uh, that have that shoe. So it's like. How does that rank? I, I think, yeah, you know what? It was in a movie. It was like an iconic moment, you know, um, Back to the Future. And yeah, that's why, you know, people love that shoe. But is it a really, is it, does it belong? Like, I think it's like 25 or something like that. Does it yeah. really belong that high in the list? So the shoe that I would say, and I think it's it's only on the list and it's high as high as it because of recency bias. If we did not, it did the shoe did not create so much energy during the pandemic because of when it launched. There's no way in my eyes that the Nike Dunk, I was gonna as say, much as I, I love it, is yep. not a top five shoe. No, if, and particularly you're including Jordan, there is it's not a top ten shoe. No, because back in I would tell you like 2003. We were giving them, literally giving them away. That yeah. and Cortez, because we just, it people had stopped. And like, there's been multiple times in the market since 
the the dunk came out in the mid mid eighties. And for those that know, I've done an episode on the dunk. It was the college shoe. It was the shoe that you colored up, whichever. So you played for Marquette, you played for Iowa, you played for Georgetown, you played for Syracuse, you played for Michigan, you played for Indiana, like Ohio State. They had a colorway that your whole team could wear. It was simple. It looked cool. It was kind of like some of the other shoes that they eventually, you know, led to with Jordan and um, and and Air Force, obviously, which was a predecessor to that. But the way they decided to color this show up and have a, a lighter midsole, it, it obviously had a moment in time. But so did a lot of shoes that we've already mentioned today. But recency bias and because things were closed and then things were very limited demand. They did some great collaborations since 2020. And now the shoe has a life of its own. It's like, it can't go away. It's like the Panda Dunk. The Panda Dunk is like the new Air Force One. It's like the limited drop. They just drop every week. It sells out the same day. And we move on to next week's inventory. I I thought that if anything, the SB Dunk, like somewhere along there, yeah. that has more legs than the regular Dunks. Because you're totally point- agreeing. This is like a three. Nobody wore dunks until 2020. Until like yeah. then out of nowhere, the panda dunk yep. on its own. But a lot of that was because you couldn't get all whites. You couldn't you couldn't find any yep. air forces. Um, and yeah, I I just think I I'm glad you brought that up because when you that was one that I saw that like again great shoe right yep. like phenomenal shoe in the 80s it certainly had its place but then it mm. was gone for 30 years you know. Totally. It was just, it was just gone. Yeah. And, and no one asked for it. It wasn't. No, like, no, they, they, it wasn't even, it was, it, it, it kind of went. They're not yeah. comfortable. Um, I, I find them comfortable. Actually, I would take okay. a dunk yeah. over an Air Force. Like that's, that's me. Like, yeah, I would I, take an Air Force. I think an Air Force has a little more to it, but. Yeah. You know, I think it's, you know, half a dozen of this, six of that, you know, it's, they're very comparable, but I think there was like a, a wave from like 2000 and three or four to like 2008 where they started doing collabs. Like this is where the De La Soul dunk came from. This is where there's an MF doom dunk that came out and and they started, they started to mean something, but there's also some of them that this is where kind of SBs kind of had a life and it continued life, but not in the mainstream. But after like 2008, the dunk was dead until 2000 and 2020, but you know, Hey, you know how Nike rolls? Nike tells a story and says, hey, this is like the 25th anniversary of the Nike dunk. And now it's important or 35th anniversary and everyone should jump on board. And they started making some colors limited and people wanted it. And because influence and reward and then the law of supply and demand, they didn't supply a lot. Like they made like how they made a white and black shoe like the most needed shoe. And, every, and what I will say you know, the Panda Dunk is, that's a phenomenon, right? Because you see, <laughs> totally you see is. 60-year-olds wearing it. You see young kids wearing it. You see mom and dads wearing it. Like, it, it's just a shoe that you have it. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how many, I've had a few pairs of them. And, yeah, it's it's, it's one of those, it's become a rotational shoe, right? Yeah. Like, like it or not. Now, that's happened in the past three years, two to three years. So, mm-hmm. to five, to put even above, like, a blazer, you know that there's was, no way you just can't you know yeah. but um, they have they have and yeah. like the blazer has its own renaissance because it's a flat shoe you know it, it's been colored up well there's been a lot of supermodels that have worn it and obviously it's uh, it's now become it's one of those shoot the iconic shoes that are now in the gym rotation for many people you see so many girls at my gym now they like do leg day in a pair of blazers and yeah it, it, it's blazers, only one color it's black and white like my yeah. wife has a beautiful like plaid pair. She wants to get rid of it. It's like, are you crazy? There's no way you need to get rid of that shoe. And I bought her that shoe at like Urban Outfitters. And it's like, you need to hold on to that shoe because that shoe is cool right now. Yeah. People would I, people you would break necks wearing that shoe if you put it I anywhere mean, outside. To think that like 30 to 50% of the gym goers are wearing a blazer. Um, yeah. Or Converse. Yeah, Choose. like it's a squat, and and you know I get it, flat shoe, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I, it's been yeah, it's interesting. I I was proud that you know 
you know, the pennies made it again that if you want to ask about too high, I don't know how the penny two is higher than the penny one. <laughs> I don't understand Crazy. that. Like, because the penny two is not even comfortable. Like no. the midsole is so flat and it's supposed to have zoom technology in the front. It feels like it has cardboard in the front. So yeah, that's, that was a weird one. It's I, I felt, I felt bad. Cause again, you, you don't realize how many amazing shoes Nike. There's I mean, so many. They bring them out so often. I mean, yeah. they just every year after year after decade after decade, like they just, you know, they're the bar for the sneaker industry and they continue. Mm -hmm. And so you forget how many shoes, right? So I'm just kind of, I go through the list and I start thinking about shoes that are on there and I quickly could list another 50. And then it's like, well, how do you, how do yeah. you fit? In there? Like, where do you, where do you put them in? What do you yeah. take off? How could, and that's why, you know, it makes it a little easier if you take off Jordans, but then you yeah. still have Bates, right? You're still, yeah. Um, but I definitely, I wish that there was a little more love for the cross training. You know, there's no nomos in there. Yeah. Um, and that was a great shoe. Like it, yeah, for those that remember like the, the time it was like 96. Yep. Um, that was an incredible shoe. Like, um, what's another with the zoom 90, the zoom oh. 96, um, which yeah, was the trainer, the trainer version, the one that Barry Sanders wore. Yeah. The zoom turf. Yeah. Yeah. Zoom that turf. was phenomenal. And oh, that, that was like, that was, that was like, that's when trainers were the coolest thing ever. Like the nineties, training trumped basketball like yep. people were wearing Reebok or they were wearing um wearing Adidas over wearing some of the Nike product that yeah. was out there so like to yeah, actually yeah, play yeah the Keyshawns came out the mm -hmm. equipment line that Adidas did that yeah. um yeah I thought like the diamond turf if it, and I get it like you but it, the diamond turf was again that was just one of those things you had Dion you had I mean Bo Jackson ushered in that whole line. It was yeah. it was a great era for me, you know that mm -hmm. that late '80s to mid '90s trainer, um, and you know in the tennis world too. Like that was the whole Agassi line. Yeah, was, you know for me. Well, yeah, like they could have had multiple Agassi shoes on there because they were incredible and people were wearing them on the street. And they yeah they were it was just it was kind of you know because. Jordans were Jordans, but they were kind of out, they outpriced a lot of the marketplace. Yeah. Right. So you had a hundred plus dollar shoe that and they sold out. So it wasn't like again, you couldn't, it wasn't they weren't accessible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought from the basketball line, not seeing um the revolution or the the 89, the flight 89s mm -hmm. in there, or the Delta Low, like the, some of those are um some of my favorite basketball shoes from the late eighties that, that weren't in there. Um, but I thought like, um, the, um, I can't, the David Robinson, yeah, I know there's a couple iterations. So I, I get like the name, the non pump one, the one that came yeah. before the pump, yeah. like the one that is like classic, uh, white man classic spurs colors. It's yep. white with black and then like the teal or, or not teal. Yeah. Like, it's like, like the gray and teal. Yeah. Like, that it's kind one. of looks like an air mag like that color yes. with, like it's like, and it's that hot it's like super high it's a little shorter than the air mag yep um yeah i thought that shoe you know kind of yeah again it's it's just a lot it's just there's so yep. many i thought i thought there was a lot of air maxes that were omitted that you could mm -hmm. they put the staples in there right the 95 97 the 90s and of course the air max one but yeah but like the nine, the 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 ninety six easily could have been on version yeah, one or version two could have been on there. Ninety threes definitely could have been on there. Um, I I was kind of disappointed not to see you know like the the two thousand six three sixties that kind of spawned that that kind of brought mm -hmm. back into the the Air Max yeah. like it was kind of dead for mm -hmm. basically because the Air Max Plus made everybody forget about you know the Air Max basically totally. And so, and then, but then when those 360s came out, that gray and red, you know, kind of yep. homage to the Air Max One colorway, I thought, I thought that was, I thought that was a great shoe. I thought that was a phenomenal shoe. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that all the Jordans belong on there. I mean, maybe the Jordan Eight doesn't make the list if you wanted to add another Nike shoe in there. Yeah. Um, you know, the Jordan, the Jordan. You know, you have to have the championship year, so I get yeah. it. Yeah. 
I think that's why the eight gets on there because that was the end of the first three-peat. And, you know, we think of um, just some of the performances that Jordan had in, in, the, in the eight in particular. It was like he was, like, godlike. So, now you know. You, though, yeah, I to your point, yes, the championship years. But now going back to your dunk comment because I'm looking at this. Yeah, how is the Jordan 11 lower than the Nike Dunk? Like there's, it's there's no way. There's no even, way. And when you just like, because that. that's why the list becomes so confusing or so debatable because you've added Jordan. But there's yeah. no way from an iconic standpoint because the Jordan 11, you know, launched in, I think it was March of 97 and has never stopped. Like it's been arguably the most popular shoe. It's the shoe that they launch at holiday every single year it sells out every single year they retro the best colors they made new colors they make lows they do it for holidays like you know there's an easter one that comes out every year they've done women's ones now they've done uh, then uh, the ie which is a cool shoe like it's a great summer shoe and i think it's you and i both agree it's like one of the most underrated summer shoes that there is i just don't know how the nike nike dunk is ahead of it no, it's it, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. It should. Yep. I mean, you could argue the 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 retro the elevens are, you know, more. I'm not gonna say iconic than the ones because you can't. Nothing beats the ones. I mean, right. that's everything. But if you took it, I mean, if you, I mean, I don't know. Before the ones like took on their own legs in the universe, mm -hmm. you know, there had to have been more retro eleven pairs sold or elevens sold. So. um I find it interesting, like, as I look through some of the list and I think through things, it, it's so easy now to call things retros. Um, like, for instance, like the Air Trainers, right? Like, the it, they weren't called the Trainer 1, 2, the, they were just called Air Trainers. Trainer. And me, like that, yeah. That's like the neatest thing. I think of some of those, I think of what shoes that they're bringing out today that would be kind of like that, right? I think like the Zoom Invincible, you know, a lot of the Zoom 3 now is like, you know, a lot of people getting a lot of hype because um, yep. now sneakerheads that are starting to to wear them and stuff. But yeah, it's interesting. They, they, you know, Air Jordan. I was telling my son that today we were talking about retros, and um, and I was like, well, they were just called Jordans. There was no number; just said Air Jordan. Yeah, it was this. It was the Jordan for that year. Like they yeah. didn't even have a number. Yeah. Like they I don't know when they even decided. Yeah, I think it I was know. probably around like around the time that Jordan went to play baseball. I think that they the, actually gave yeah. he came yeah. back and obviously he wore the 10 and then he wore you know a couple other shoes and then he came back for the first full year and it's like this is the Jordan 11 like it, it was a thing yeah and then you started to kind of name the other ones going backwards but it was like that I that's what I remember is the that was the first Jordan that actually was labeled a shoe like a number and then it's like well I guess the other ones every year was a, a different one yeah. Well, and, and to think like, to think that Nike even had shoes again, and the Air Max weren't called the years either. They just said no, Air, Air Max. I still have all my old Air Max boxes still, and they just say Air Max. They don't yeah. say, you know, 95, 97. Um, so I just think like Nike has, to what they've done to the sneaker culture, to have shoes that are just labeled, right? Like no one, yeah. no one was doing that. First of all, you didn't have shoes that, that sold continuously like that, you know, like yep. you could make a new iteration and then whether it's whatever it was, right. So to have a one, two, three Pegasus 39, you know, like 39. Yeah. That's, like, that's like, I think that's yeah. that one where you think that uh -huh. the Pegasus is actually named and it's, then it's differentiated by the number of Pegasus that have come out. Like we're at 39 and even think about like the last couple of years, how, how long the, Pegasus 38 has had legs to be on the market until the 39 came out. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we owe a lot to Nike, you know, it's yes. definitely, I think, you know, whatever some people, you know, whether they are fans of Nikes, you know, you still have some of those people like, Oh, I don't like Nikes. I don't, you know, I don't like whatever it is. I don't know what reasons why politics mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you and I don't have jobs if it's not for Nike. You know, we don't, we talk about how long we've been. Oh, I have a job. I just wouldn't right. be working where I work right now at Full Locker. Like I would yeah. be doing something else. And yeah. life would, life would look totally different without Nike. I would like, there's no denying it. Yep. There's, it's, it's the epitome of what everyone strives to be. I mean, Adidas yep. goes in waves. 
New Balance, you know, I think what they hit five billion and you know they're throwing their they're shouting that to the world that they hit five billion dollars as a company and um and they're excited for the future. And it's just like, you know, um, yeah, I mean Nike's Nike and you know, I owe I owe a lot to them for my, you know, um years as a, a sneakerhead and um just inspiring too like whether yeah. it's the commercials like how many commercials do you remember oh you know? i know like it's it's the story that nike has told and i and i think like you know many people believe that they're not a sneaker company or an athletic company they're storytellers and yeah. they make you believe or marketing agents they make you believe that this is the product that you need to buy and you buy it that's what happens they tell you it's the next greatest thing and you're on it. Like you, I remember the, the Kukini or Kukini, depending on like when that shoe came up with no laces and it was like just a slip on summer shoe and everyone had to have it. You could run in it because there was an Air Max cushion in it and it was soft enough in the forefoot. It's like, yeah, you need to have it. I remember so many people in our store wore them like as the shoe that they wore at work because they thought Nike told them it was the greatest thing ever. Well, every, every athlete, right. I mean, for every Curry that, that, you know, has, has done well, it's, I think Curry's like the only one, like, I I can't think of every iconic athlete, whether it's Tiger Woods, whether it's a Barry Sanders, um, you know, obviously, you know, your, your KD, your LeBron, your, I mean, Nike, you know, the Morant, the jaw one comes out this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, 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 well, we'll see, we'll see what that yeah. means after we'll all see, yeah. stupidness yeah. that he's done this year. Yeah, so. that's, that's definitely tainted at for sure, but yeah. they, they somehow are able to, and I think a lot of that is that you have these young kids and athletes that come up and they don't really, I, you can't, I can't imagine there's too many athletes. If you asked them, what shoe contract would you want? You know, I, I just can't see them saying, oh, man, I really want Under Armour or I yeah. really need a signs me, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you'll go where the money is. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But I think everybody would want Nike, even even now, even today. Right. Yeah. So I think the, the exception is, yeah, you you maybe, well, I'm trying to go in a different lane or I need to have creative control. Like, I think that was part of Kawhi's thing yeah. that, hey, I needed to have a bigger stake in what I was getting a return. And then obviously a stake in, you know, what uh, the, the, the concept or what the shoes look like. So that's why he didn't end up with Nike. He goes, he was with Nike. He was with Jordan brand, but he was one of the guys. And I think he wanted to be the guy, you know, after 19, uh, 2019 and him in my hometown of Toronto won the title. And I think you know the world was Kawhi's or oyster, you know, Fast forward, you know, three years or four years later now, he leads somewhat healthy, but he was incredibly efficient last night. I'm still, you know, marred by how good Kawhi looked against the Knicks last night. And in L.A., he absolutely torched them. So I think he was 38 and he missed six well, shots wonder, from the field. So you wonder who's like a Kawhi, um, you know, you think of those athletes and how much bigger they are as nike athletes as opposed mm-hmm. to not. and you know where's a donovan mitchell you know if if he's if he's made a nike shoe for you know, totally last four years or so you know um where, what does that look like what does a curry look like if he actually would if have he was a nike athlete all these years and are there curry shoes on this list that you know make yeah. number or something i know, think so. Curry's impact on basketball yeah. There's definitely a Curry shoe that's on this list if he was a Nike athlete. Oh, absolutely. So I I just think they do an amazing job of that. And, you know, yeah. and like point, they tell stories there, you know, the Olympics are always right there with the Olympics, um, you know, telling some story and inspiring and motivating. And and we all do it. We all, I still do it at, you know, at my age. And, you know, obviously I'm not, I'll never have a career in athletics and anything. No. <laughs> You know, but I still love putting on the shoes and, you know, going out to the gym. Now it's Metcons instead of Jordan mm-hmm. and doing those. And but it's still it, there is still something that when you lace up your your Jordans or your Nikes. Um, it is different. And I can't explain. I can't put it in the words. No, um, I love when I mean, I love 990s. It's you know, that that is my shoe, right? Like 990s are. I love them, you know, just growing yeah, up in the it's a DC area, thing. What they mean in that in that area. But it's it's not the same as when 
I lace up with Jordan or even yeah. when I look for that matter, you know, the yeah. reimagined threes, like, like just like looking at that shoe and, and what that means in the history of sport and sneaker culture. Like it's yeah. just, you know, you can't, you really can't put it in the words, but um, that it's, it's special. It's special. Yeah. No doubt about it. So, Hey, you know, as we were wrapping up here and I think we had some great conversation, I definitely think the audience need to have us take a crack at, a top 10 of this list. So Andy, I'll let you go first. Um, take right. a crack of who you think should be top 10. You can go reverse order. You can go top to bottom. Your total choice. I, I have to have the phone posit in there when you talk about technology and sneaker culture and everything it did. Um, so I think 10 would be for me, phone posit. Yep. Doesn't have to move up a ton. Um, but I think that's in there. I would love to see the blazer in the top 10 um, and maybe kick out that dunk. If you're going to put a shoe like that um, air max plus, that's another one. I just, I think that what that did for the air max line, it kind of, it kind of kept the air max line going um, when it was kind of dying out. So mm -hmm. I, I think the air max plus has a place in there. Um. I don't know which Agassi shoe, but I just feel like that place in that late eighties, nineties tennis, like that, that deserves a spot in sneaker culture yep. um, that, that kind of, and really it, when you think about that, like with the Agassi line, you know, it was kind of like the Jordan one, he broke through, right? Like you're supposed to wear an all white shoe to Wimbledon. You're supposed to just, you know, yeah. God save the queen and you go and you act perfect. And, and Agassi and Nike was like, man, F it. Like, no, nah, we're yeah. not, we're going to wear bright colors and do all yeah. that. So I think that that deserves a place in there for sure. For me, um, the air trainer one, you know, whether you want to give it to Bo Jackson, John McEnroe, whatever you want to do to me, that that's a top 10 shoe. Yeah. Um, first cross trainer ever. Um, so how many is that Four that I've, that I've you, given? you're at five, you got five left. All right, so if we got five left, the Jordan four, um, Jordan eleven, mm -hmm. then the ah oh man, I got to bump. You got to. We're gonna have to bump something off of there because I think that you can't take off the top four on the list, right? So you can't take off the Jordan three. You can't take off the Air Max one. Can't take off the Air Force. Can't take off the Jordan one. So yeah. Um, so yeah, you're uh, you, you're uh, you, you need an honorable mention there. An honorable mention, yeah, I guess the honorable mention would have to be the uh, Air Max Plus, just okay. because it's already an Air Max One on there. So keep yeah. the keep the phone positive in that top ten, though. Uh, I agree. So yeah, I think a very interesting list. Mine mine's a little bit different, but pretty pretty close to what you have. So if I'm going, I'm going to go reverse order to give us a little All right. drama go. here. So um, number ten, uh, Trainer One. That's what I, I, it has to be on the list. I think just the impact of cross training has got to be on the list. Number nine is the phone posit. I totally agree from a cultural standpoint and, you know, from Penny wearing it to how important it was, you know, throughout the 2000s, it's got to be on the list. I think got number eight, um, Air Max 95. It's arguably my favorite shoe that is not a Jordan. Um, so it's got to be on the list. That's number seven. Our number eight, number seven, I think just from even from where I live in Toronto, the the phenomenon that the Air Max 90 has been over the last 33 years, it's got to be on the list. So that's number seven. Number six is the Air Max one. So I think that's the best Air Max of all of them, the reiterations, the OG ones, the collaboration. So that's number six. And then, so, you know, I haven't mentioned any Jordans. Well, we're, we're about to go in. Um, so we got number five on my list and obviously there's a couple honorable mentions that I have, but the Jordan four, and that's my favorite is number five. Uh, number four is the Jordan 11. I think that's the bail, but it could easily be three. It could easily be two, but, uh, I'm going to go with, um, the Jordan 11 at four the Air Force One at three. So this is now, you know, the top tier of this list is not that far off um, what uh, the complex list is. Number two is the Jordan One. But I think the most iconic of all shoes, and I think like the one that kind of 
kind of broke the ceiling in so many different ways is the Jordan three. Uh, I think Tinker doing the shoe. I think that the elephant print, the, the elevation of premium leathers, how it looked, there was no swoosh on it. And it's funny, like the shoe that I'm choosing is number one had no swoosh on it. So that to me is the number one shoe of all Nike shoes, including Jordan. Yeah. I think if we were not including Jordan, yeah, I think you can kind of quickly go back through my list. It's it's the Air Force One, just like the the, the meaning and and how many reiterations, how like the, the white Air Force One, triple white for years now is the top selling shoe year in and year out. It, it's it's unbelievable from a, a oh, Nike yeah, catalog. It's not even close. It's not no. even close. There's no, no, there's yeah. no other shoe out there. The only way that it can't be number one if there's no inventory available in it. So um, that is kind of the um, the perspective that I have on on many different fronts when it comes to the, the the Nike top fifty. And I think yeah, we've talked about a lot of changes that that are out there. But I think that's a list that kind of represents a lot of different. I had, I had a hard time the penny not being in there. I had a hard time the Cortez not being in the top ten. Those would be honored honorable mentions as I was kind of scribbling out a list. The Jordan five definitely bothers me not being in the top 10, but again, this is why we have a list of 50, but I think those shoes have to be um, considered to be in the top. And again, I don't have the Nike dunk, although I'd love the Nike dunk, you know, my favorite shoes, it might be there, but as a, as a, as a top 10, when looking at it holistically, it's not. I think the, I, I like that you put the Jordan three, above and for one when the jordan one came out it wasn't like everyone was waiting in line to buy them like you know no. it was it was kind of like they sat on shelves they were marked down heck the three yeah. the lost and founds have a sale tag on it because they were all on sale because no yeah. one was right so and then you had the two that was a flop you know retail wise and then you had the three in the slam dunk contest and just that really took it to the next level right? totally. I mean, and that's that's why it gets the stamp of approval of being the yeah. best jordan and the best nike shoe period yeah. yep because it, it just it it took it it took off literally from yeah. the free throw line it just it yeah. took off and that like, and that picture right like that picture yeah. of duncan from the free throw line is you got it yeah so I like your top 10. It's Thank good. you. Appreciate it. So Andy, really good conversation. Appreciate the time. You know, hopefully when uh, we connect again, we're definitely going to have to have you back. And, you know, hopefully the reality is that Lamar Jackson is our quarterback. Um, Cause we have all the different pieces, uh, both on offense and defense. We have a great draft and uh, we're, we're talking, uh, we're talking the, the title comes back to DC for, uh, for the fourth time. So appreciate your time, man. I know we've uh, played yeah, a lot of phone tag and a lot of text messages to try and get this uh, happening. But again, I think we had a great conversation about uh, something we're both very passionate about and it's the brand of Nike and, and some of the shoes that they made over the last, you know, multiple decades. So appreciate your time, you know? So as we wrap up, you know, where can those that want to follow you, you know, I know you do some great stuff with your kids. You, you, you work in one of our stores uh, down in Florida, which you've relocated to. So um, yeah, if, you've never been, if you've never been to the, the, the champs in, in Florida, and we, we only have one champs really, we talk about, it's called home field. So tell us, about home field a little bit real quick and then how people can find you on social media as we wrap up. Yeah. Come, come down to Miami. Um, you know, I'm in the Miami area and we have our, you know, our, our store, um, in pines that, you know, 35,000 square feet layered in with performance. And, um, that's where I've had to take on kind of a new life of, of running and getting into running shoes and things, but yeah, AP and Instagram. I love, you know, anybody, that's you know going to talk music and sneakers and sports um that's kind of what i'm at so um ap stearns on instagram um is where i, I love connecting with people so um love the podcast man i i've been a appreciate it you started. need to get you some merch yeah i know man i hey i need to get you know you, you we're, we're gonna work that long sleeve for you don't worry you know, i'm gonna get some i gotta i gotta connect with you on, on at least a t-shirt I, it's a little bit too hot for hoodies down here so yeah um but no i i to you know how many episodes are you in now that um we're 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 approaching 130 now yeah so i mean that's awesome man i i've loved i love seeing that and, and your passion for music and yeah. speakers and sport and all that like it's it's really cool to see so you know 
Glad to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on, man. No problem. No problem. So again, like that, this is part of the reason you have to come back because we could have a whole separate conversation and not talk about shoes. Like there's the whole uh, genre of what we call hip hop that, you know, you can see many of my old tapes from the eighties that I still have. And, you know, Wu-Tang is hanging in my, uh, in my living room, but also so are butterflies and rainbows because um, <laughs> I have a daughter that's seven and that's what she loves. So we definitely will have to have you back and have a full blown hip hop conversation. Um, but again, Andy, appreciate okay. your time and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. So thank you everyone for listening. This is Sneaks, Rhymes and Life, Lionel McDonald with Andy Stearns. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Peace. See ya.